Dungeons and Drimbus is rated R for rude language, rough violence, and raunchy humor. I do declare, here's what happened previously on Dungeons and Drimbus. After chasing Gary down, the boys visit Greenbarrow, where Gary has a very emotional and tense reunion with his family. Gary speaks to his neighbor Mike, steals his stallion, Megan, and makes a getaway with his family. After saying Millie one too many times, a couple of horses are killed. Monique and Tyronicus head back to her place for the night, and Thomas gives Gary chase on one of Monique's horses. Thomas and Gary have a tense confrontation. Gary kills Thomas's horse and tells him to leave him and his family alone, on threat of death. As the Mog bows ride away, Thomas is left alone to walk back to Eastern Orgale. I do declare, Your Honor is back in session. Today's episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. What if comparing car insurance rates was as easy as putting on your favorite podcast? With Progressive, it is. Just visit the Progressive website to quote with all the coverages you want. You'll see Progressive's direct rate, then their tool will provide options from other companies so you can compare. All you need to do is choose the rate and coverage you like. Quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Comparison rates not available in all states or situations. Prices vary based on how you buy. Thomas, as the horse slowly turns to ash in the small bonfire, you begin walking back to Eastern Orgea, heading toward the courthouse. This is about a two-hour ride by horse, so it takes you essentially all night to walk back. What are you thinking of? What's what's going through that little skull of yours? It's so stupid. Stupid Gary and his Stupid family. He doesn't. He didn't even listen to me. He doesn't think. <laughs> he said we're not family. It's not. That doesn't make any sense to me. I thought we were friends. I know I wasn't the nicest person all the time, but like, you know, I got better. I had, I had, you know, changes of heart here and there. We bonded. You didn't have to go and say those mean things to me. That wasn't very nice. Yeah, it was kind of a dick move. What? Uh, Bahamut, don't do that. It's been a while. Where were you? Where have you been? You didn't really want to talk to me before. Uh, I, I said your name earlier. I know it was once. It was like in passing, but... You gotta meditate, man. Like, like, like I taught you. I suppose. I keep forgetting. Yeah, it's okay. Bahamut, can I ask you something? Go for it. Am I a dick? <laughs> uh, and mind you, Muhammad is this giant dragon. So that mm, noise sounds like the scraping of metal ships against each other. <laughs> well, I don't know about a dick. Yeah, sometimes, man, sometimes. What? I have my moments, don't I? Yeah. It's because I'm, I'm just passionate, you know? I, I, I want to do the right thing. It, 
it doesn't always come across the right way but you know people aren't on our level Bahamut you know like we're trying to do the right thing here and some people could be a little selfish with you know family affairs and things of that nature here's the thing Thomas in my experience I think that most people believe they're trying to do the right thing the difference is a question of values, but I am justice. You can make of that what you will, whatever that means to you, but there's a little bit of my energy in everyone. I, I don't quite know what makes us, but you certainly have it. So does Gary. So does Jessica. Everyone carries that in them. It's just a matter of perspective. It's partially why we find ourselves where we are now. Not everyone's willing to take on that responsibility, that sacrifice. You and I, we have nothing left to lose. Gary has a family. Imagine having to lose your family all over again. Well, I'll be honest with you, Bahamut, I kind of feel like I already did. I mean... First Jessica and losing Dot again, and now Gary abandoning us. I, and what is what is it all for? You know, I mean, y- yes, to save you, to save Justice, and all that stuff. But I mean, will it be worth it in the end? Well, here's the nice thing: all those people you just named are still here. You don't have to lose them if you don't want to. What do you mean? I mean, it takes work, but just like I asked you to help me restore faith and justice in the people, they are people. There's no reason you wouldn't be able to change their minds. Oh. I th- I think I understand what you're saying, Bahamut. Huh. I should have listened to you earlier, to be honest. I don't know why I was so... A, a little passive-aggressive. I'll, I'll give myself that. But, y- you know, y- you are, you know, some alternate being from another dimension. Or I- I'm not entirely sure what you are still. However, y- you got some words of wisdom. Listen, I get it. I don't really know what I am. Fair enough. I just know that I exist. And sometimes I do, sometimes I don't. You know, and... No hard feelings. Like I said, the idea of justice is, yes, to uh, dispense it justly and firmly, but to do so with kindness and compassion. Punishment where it's needed, but forgiveness where it can be allowed. I see. But you know what, Bahamut? The way I see it, we gotta take things one thing at a time. When we set out on this quest... We had two goals in mind. Well, I did. I don't know about you, but... To find Dot's murderer and to bring them to justice. And we're halfway through that goal. So, what do you say? We keep going. I think so. And, by the way, looks like you could use a little help. I'm sending you something. What? You could do that? And at this point, your book begins to glow again. And you feel... Your mind, I guess, 
you're a weird thing because you're still Thomas, but you're also not. And I guess it's almost like a like a gateway opens in your brain as you allow new knowledge in. And you learn some new spells. Oh, hell yeah. Zone of Truth, Slow, and Spirit Guardians. And I'm going to say that this conversation, while it is just a few minutes for the listeners, is a long spiritual process as you walk for the next few hours throughout the night. You enter that like trance-like state of meditation, and so like your legs are just going forward almost on like their own momentum. It's almost like downloading the spells takes quite a while as you access that new knowledge. But next thing you know, you kind of snap to, and you see that the sun is beginning to rise as you are very tired, but you are arriving outside of the Eastern Orgaic Courthouse as the sun is rising. As you do so, you see Judge Gardner arrive on that big black horse. He kisses his husband goodbye, hops down, goes to walk inside, and you actually see from the opposite direction, Pollyanna the Fearbolg begin walking toward the courthouse. And uh, Judge Gardner looks at you and he goes, Hello there, can I, can I be of any assistance? Um, do you, do you not recognize me? Your voice sounds awfully familiar. Oh boy. Uh, oh, wow. Well, what happened to your, your flesh and your fats and your skin? Uh, uh what are you talking- Sorry, that, oh, that was terribly rude of me. So, uh, hi, my, my name is Judge Gardner. Uh, have we met before? No, no, my name is Paul. Um, just, I'm new in town. Nice to meet ya. Roll a performance for me. Okay, that should be that should be good. Oh, maybe not. Twelve. <laughs> he squints at you and he goes, "Yeah, well, howdy, Paul. Can can I can I help you at all?" Um, you know, I, I'm meeting my my cousin Monique for lunch today. I, I was wondering if you could point me in in her direction. Oh, Miss Valentine. Yeah. Well, we're just getting opened up here, so I, I have no doubt she'll be pulling up soon. Oh, thank you so much. I'll just I'll just be waiting here then for her. All righty, Will. You take care of yourself, Paul. You too. Judge Gardner walks up to the door as Pollyanna kind of falls in line just behind him, and they see you, don't recognize you either, kind of just wave. And they wave to the Cyclops across the street where you guys got Tony the Pony. And the Cyclops just kind of does one of those, like a two-finger salute, like right above his big eye. He seems to be eating something. It's a big stick of some sort of meat. And yeah, they enter the courthouse. You sit outside for a few more minutes. You see other people begin to pile in. And eventually, you hear the rumblings of the iron caravan that Monique rides. And who do you see sitting up front but Monique and Tyronicus? They both seem to be kind of laughing and giggling a little bit in the front seat. <laughs> so then I was like, hey, what are you doing there? And he was like, uh, I don't know. I was just like, just get out of here. <laughs> Tiro, you, you have so many stories. Good God. Oh, wait, is that? There he is. Mr. Phelps. Uh, Monique, uh, Tyronicus, do you mind if we could quickly go to someplace more inconspicuous a lot of people here they don't recognize me because of my form but if they were to hear me they might spot me and then oh yeah 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 we might be in danger here yeah get him back and uh i'll i'll ride a couple minutes out and then i'll, I'll stop so we can have a quick chat okay what were you two laughing about oh well, you know just stuff 
Yeah, Monique is a red tiefling, but you think you see a little bit of blushing on the red skin. It's very hard to tell. So unprofessional. I sit in the back. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, so uh, why don't we get out of here? And you guys ride out. Monique drives for probably, you know, like 10, 15 minutes uh, before she pulls off to the side of the road. You appear to be essentially in the middle of nowhere right now. And she hops in the back with you guys and she goes, okay, so do we have any questions? Yeah, first, how to go with Gary, or whatever your friend's name is. Uh, not well. I mean, you don't see him here, do you? I mean, he had a family. For all I know, he was going to meet us here. He killed Corndog, and he tried to kill me, threatened to kill me, so... Corndog? He killed my horse? He did. Oh, no. He was a good horse, too, Monique. I, I'll give you that. He was. I got him for my 12th birthday. I'm going to, like, pat her on the back, like, it's okay. <laughs> But I don't foresee Gary joining us for this little endeavor. I wouldn't expect to see Gary ever again. So. Wait, how did you get back, Mr. Phillips? I walked. Good God. Are you okay? Uh, nothing a little coffee won't fix. Wait, coffee doesn't affect me, does it? In this form. I'm afraid not. <laughs> He starts weeping a little. <laughs> I believe we had settled on the fact that you could probably soak your bones in the caffeine. <laughs> Moni, do you have a cup of coffee with you? Uh, I'm sorry, Mr. Phelps. I don't have any on me. Just rub some sugar on my tibia, please, Moni. <laughs> please. Tyronicus, do you, do you want to handle this one? Tio's just like sitting there, like eyes narrow, like. <laughs> I miss coffee so much. I'm so tired. Why do I get tired, but I can't get caffeinated in this form? I don't understand the rules of this. I'm so sorry, Mr. Phelps. By the way, how did you lose all your skin and your your muscles and your organs? Stupid Gary snapped the staff, and you're not supposed to. It was a terrible idea, and it was all his idea. Oh, boy. All right. Well, Mr. Mogbile won't be joining us. Do we have any questions about the place we're headed? Yes, what was that fellow's name again that we're after? No, um, don't worry about that. Maximus um, or something? His full name. That's not important right Maximilian now. Bartholomew <laughs> Rodriguez Jr. III. Maximilian, that's right. I had forgotten. Thank you, Monique. Yes. And she looks around and she whispers, No. Millie, for short. And immediately, it is like bright out. It starts raining. God damn it. Millie, that was Wait, the name no, no, I was no. looking for. And lightning shoots down your body. We are in an iron caravan. Please stop. So what is so dangerous about this Millie? Thomas, you like sprain your ankle. Your foot just like twists around. Ah! Oh. If you say that one more time. Quick, someone get sugar. Pour it on my foot. So what is the battle plan? What exactly are we getting ourselves into? I'm not going to lie. I don't know much, okay? I've been working under Hagatha for... God, the last few seasons at this point, and I haven't been able to discern too much, but through my investigations and kind of trying to figure out who her allies were, I, I caught word that this lich knows something about the organization that she's a part of. So right now, the game plan is to go get his phylactery. Essentially, a phylactery operates as a receptacle for a soul. It's granting him a sort of immortality. If you were to kill him, his soul would return to this item, and then he could either possess something nearby or come up with a new form, etc., etc., etc. Point is, so long as this item is around, he can continue to come back to life. If we manage to grab this item, we then 
have a very powerful bargaining chip on our side. I see. All I know is that it's in this place called Twisted Grove. I don't know what to expect there other than the fact that, like I said before, there's some sort of intense magical event that took place there a very, very long time ago, and the effects are still being felt today. Life doesn't really thrive there, but it does mutate and change, so I don't know. Just be, be ready for some weird shit, I guess. Well, shit can't be any weirder than we've encountered thus far, so I say we go for it. Oh, you'd be surprised. I guess. For me, the game plan is get in and get out as quickly as possible. God forbid, you know, any of those weird magical mutations take shape in us. Seems as good of a plan as any. And you're not tricking us, right, Monique? You're not sending us off to our death here. If I wanted to kill you, I could kill you right here, right now. That's not true. You're looking pretty bad right now, man. I had a shadow blade to your neck. I could have killed you. Have you seen yourself in a mirror lately? I look great. I have a very nice bone structure. You do, and she, like, brushes your cheekbones. Right? I mean, look at these things. It could could cut butter. Yeah. Siri, what do you think? And she opens her purse. That may be beyond my abilities at the moment. All right, I guess he doesn't think anything about your cheekbones. Aww. <laughs> They're nice. What do you think, Tyronicus? Those are some pretty nice cheekbones, my friend. Thank you. Very chiseled. Anywho, point is, Twisted Grove is about a day's ride from here. I'd be happy to drive most of the way. I would like to rest at some point before we get there, just so I'm not entirely exhausted when we arrive. Rest would be nice. Yeah, I figured. You, you can lay down back here. Tyronicus, you're welcome to do the same, or you can ride up front with me, whatever you like. I think I'll ride up you for a bit. Okay. Well, we'll ride, and then eventually, uh, I'm sure we'll we'll switch off. Uh, whoever wants to. No, no big deal. I'm sure we can all take shifts. Okay. Okay. If you need anything, just uh, give me a holler. Let's go. Okay. And Monique leaves you in the back to rest as you begin heading toward Twisted Grove in the beautiful Iron Caravan. There are windows on either door and the plush red seats that are an absolute joy to sit on, not to mention as you lay across it. It almost feels like having the cushion of flesh again against your bones. The landscape goes from the flat green plains near the eastern Orgaic courthouse to a hillier terrain as you venture west, and finally an almost swampy environment. As the evening draws in, you all take turns driving through the night so everyone gets some rest. Before long, the sun is just barely beginning to rise, and you feel the caravan come to a slow stop. Monique comes around to open the door and says, We're here. Wait, where where are we? Good morning. Good morning, sunshine. (sighs) Do you have coffee, Monique? I still don't have any coffee. I'm sorry, Mr. Phelps. I want to die. How about we get you a nice cup of coffee once we're done here, yeah? Oh, fine. Thomas kind of stumbles outside. You step down from the caravan and onto the silty ground. Your boots sink into it. uh, er, Are you wearing boots? Tyronicus, your boots sink into it a little (laughs) as the scent of brackish water fills the air. Far off to the south, the Delta River joins with the ocean. But here, you see nothing but mangroves. You see a decent number of beautiful mangroves with yellow and green leaves, their thin roots dipping into the shallow water just off the side of the path. But further in, you see the grove. 
there is a visible divide as all the trees beyond a certain point grow in absurdly dense clumps, looking sickly, twisted, and dead. This grove is very edgy, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Everything is edgy when it comes to the lich. So, where exactly do we start? Well, we should probably head over there to the twisted trees and all that. Maybe we'll see something once we get there. All right. After you, Monique. All right. She actually takes off her high heels and swaps them out for a pair of boots. She laces them up and very delicately steps into the silty ground. You see it sink in up to, like, her knees, pretty much. She goes, oh, well, my dry cleaner isn't going to be too happy about this. And she begins heading forward. What order are you guys walking in? Uh, I guess I'll go second. I'll follow her. And I'll take up the rear. I think I'm barefoot, by the way. I don't know. I don't think I'm wearing shoes. <laughs> yeah, I think the only thing you're wearing is your tattered jacket. Yeah, exactly. We're halfway there. Oh, no. I'm just going to half-ass it. This, this is the Halftime Ad with Nikki B. just couldn't stay away, could you? They tried to distance us, sending Gare Bear on his own adventure, shoving Nicky B in the trunk of a 1975 Chevy Impala. Oh, you didn't know about that? Another time. Point is, try as they may, you will always return to the halftime zone. Alright, listen up. I don't got much time. I think they're about to dump me behind the dumping factory. I gotta get crafty. If only I knew some spells. I mean, of course I know some spells. I'm an aspiring level 75 pyromancer. But I don't have my spell book on me. I'm gonna have to get crafty. Hold up, didn't someone tell me about this once? I think, um... Monique. Okay. Uh, Listen to an ad while I figure this out. We zoom in to a small shop. We see a wooden sign that reads Etsy.com slash shop slash the crafty rogue shop. The red tiefling Monique Valentine looks up, her two pen daggers in her hand in a burglar's outfit, and she says, Well, that's rather unconventional, but all right. She jams her pen daggers into the door's locks and rolls a very good sleight of hand to get the door open. It creaks. Sitting inside, we see an array of beautiful, magical items. And somewhere on the rafters, we see a very crafty rogue, snoring and dreaming out loud. (laughs) I'm so crafty. The camera pans back down to Monique Valentine. Wow, he really is crafty. She rolls across the floor of the shop and walks over to a beautiful glass case. Inside the case we see leather-bound spellbooks of immense power. She carefully jams her pen daggers in and begins to work at the lock. We hear a click and a creak and the stirring of a rogue as the case opens. What was that? Oh no. Quick, I gotta grab these. Monique, roll a sleight of hand. (laughs) Crafty rogue, give me a perception check. (laughs) Monique rolls an 18. 
this determines the ad right here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the crafty road gets a five. Must have been the wind. <laughs> it's so. Uh, yes, I'm very crafty. Monique quickly shovels a couple of spell books into a tiny knapsack, padded with soundproof foam on the inside so it doesn't make any noise. She closes it and very carefully rolls her way across the shop again, grabs the door, very gently clicks it closed, and says, Kept you waiting, huh? And closes the door. <laughs> exclamation mark goes above the crafty rogue's head. No! <laughs> Monique? Monique! Monique! The crafty rogue screams in agony at his lost merchandise as Monique takes off on a horse, ripping down the road. She opens a mirror and you see it ripple as an old hag appears on it. And she says, Monique, dearie, how's it going? Hagatha, I managed to capture the spellbooks. Why are you so out of breath, dear? Well, I woke the rogue on the way out, but I got him. Don't you worry. Wait. You stole the spellbooks? Of course. How else was I going to capture such nicely made leather spellbooks? Diddy, you could have just paid for them. I would have reimbursed you, no problem. Especially when you use code DRIMBUS to get 10% off at etsy.com slash shop slash the crafty rogue shop. A little verbose, I know. She brings the horses to a screech. She says, wait. You mean I could have just paid for these? Oh, yes. I love to support my local craftsmen. Oh, should I should I turn back and, and, and go pay for them? Well, I mean, you already stole them. We are evil. Crisis averted. It's a good thing I found this cute pocket-sized spell book from Etsy.com slash shop slash the crafty rogue shop. I only bought it because it looked so good and was so affordable with offer code Drimbus for 10% off. I didn't realize it was so deadly. And don't ask how they deliver it to the back of a moving car. The spell book is a good start, but they'll be back for more. They always come back. I'm gonna need to draw on some power. The power of exclusive bonus content. The power of free merch. The power of patreon.com slash dreamless. Let us pray. Thank you. We pray to Jerry Benetados, Queso Loco, Victoria Madrid, Greta and Beignet, Alejandro Lopez, Ace Andrews, Thomas Murphy, Emrys Craig, Regina Russell, Morgan Holly. Salty, Adrian Bundy, Sam Olivos, Jordan Cobb, The Unnamed Rogue, John Gillette, Chloe G, Con Air on DVD, NB Star, Stevie B Keys, Doubtful Guest, Michael Richters, Davis Walton, and Fina Moonstrider. Amen. Stay here. Run. Get back in the episode. I'll hold them off. What is everyone's passive perception? Mine is 11. 12. You push on through the silty muck as you approach the Twisted Grove. Suddenly, you all hear a snapping of branches, a swish in the water, a rustle in the leaves, 
You turn every which way slightly paranoid. And then you realize it saw you before you saw it. A massive crocodile lunges at you, Thomas. Only this croc seems oddly twisted. It sports a back of matted, thick, wet fur. Its legs are far longer, more like a dog's, and the teeth in its hideous mouth are more tightly packed, like those of a wolf. And they're coming right at you. Roll for initiative. Oh, God. Yikes. 16. 21. Tyronicus, you see this crocodile dog beast thing lunge at Thomas, its jaws wide open. And then, with your passive perception, you actually manage to hear off from the left and the right, coming out from behind the mangroves, you see two others beginning to come out. However, you are up first as you were the first to hear it. What do you do? Shit. We need to get out of here. So I'm going to cast Minor Illusion, and I'm going to try to get the sound of, like, a cat to maybe distract it. Hmm. Okay. So what is your spell save DC? Because they rolled a 13. A 16. So actually, (laughs) you make this cat noise. We hear it from off in the woods somewhere. And the two croc wolves that were beginning to come up behind you immediately turn on the... And they start swimming off towards the sound of the noise. Next up is the croc wolf that is lunging at Thomas. He is already in the middle of that action, so he doesn't even really hear it, honestly. Oh my god. He rolls a nat 20 on his bite. Yikes. Oh god. So, he is going to crunch down on your ribcage, and you hear a cracking as you take 14 points of damage. Ow, 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 ow. And you hear her growling. You feel the growling vibrate in your ribs. It has latched its crocodile jaw onto you and is now slowly beginning to apply that increasing pressure as it tries to snap your bones. This is my Captain Hook origin story. (laughs) Monique is up next, and Monique is going to pull out a pen from her lapel, and she's going to click it, and she twists like the cap, and from out of the barrel, you see shoot out these two little prongs, and they join over where the pen should be, and it seems to turn into a dagger. And she pulls a second pen out from her waistband and does the same thing. She is now wielding two pen daggers, and she is going to go right for that crocodile, or croc wolf that is latched onto Thomas, and is going to just start carving the shit out of him. She enters one at the neck and puts the other along one of the ridges of the back, that matted fur and scales, and carves down it, and leaves a big, big gash as it bleeds. It goes, (laughs) as it takes 11 points of damage as she carves into it with both of her pen daggers. Thomas, it is your turn. Oh, I I think I read about this in a book somewhere. Um, I'm going to cast Minor Illusion. I want to make a hot cocoa appear in my hand. Okay, you make a hot cocoa appear in your hand. I'm going to put it near the near the crocodile's mouth. Place it next to him and be like, here. <laughs> like Steve. And back away slowly. Are you attempting to tame it? Yes. Okay, first I'm going to roll his intelligence check to see if he falls for the illusion. It doesn't eight beat your DC. Uh-uh. <laughs> okay, he believes there is hot cocoa in front of him. Now I want you to roll animal handling for me. <laughs> This is going to be the most difficult animal handling check of your life because he has just been attacked. But go for it. Hot cocoa's a powerful drug. 
Does an 11 work? <laughs> he falls for the hot cocoa and goes to snap at it. As he snaps at it, it like phases through his mouth because it's not really there. And it looks at you, its eyes like vibrating with anger. <laughs> I have more. Kronika is going to fashion his fingers in the shape of a gun. Aim it at the crocodile dog thing. He's going to like suck on this and he's going <laughs> to shoot a firebolt at him. What the fuck? Okay, roll that. Does a dirty 21 hit? Of course it does. Roll for damage. <laughs> Yikes. I did four. Okay, you cast these flames and you see it actually sears the big wound along the back that Monique had just carved and almost cauterizes it. <laughs> It is now kind of rolling in the water trying to put the flames out. It looks in terrible, terrible, terrible shape. Next up is the croc wolf, and it is going to begin running away. As it has taken a fucking beating and it wants to live. It is running out. It manages to move 30 feet as it swims away, and then it dashes for an extra 60. It is disengaging. However, since it is leaving your area of attack, you can all take opportunity attacks if you so desire. No. Yeah, let it live. All right, yeah, Monique lets it go too. And she goes, wow, that was a... Okay. That was a lot. I can't breathe. My ribs are cracked. (laughs) Oh, oh. Yeah, Mr. Phelps, let me help you. And she tries kind of like sitting you down on a stump. And is going to try and set your bones one by one. A lot of them have been, like, jostled out of place. And she starts, like, moving it, kind of like a chiropractor. And you hear a... (laughs) And as that is happening, you hear, like... It sounds like a wet trampling from somewhere off in the distance. Like some enormous beast barreling through the swamp. And then you turn just in time to catch it charging. As it bursts forth on four massive powerful limbs at full gallop hunched back like a grizzly bear its big white face seems to stare out as it opens its beak chomping into the crocodile wolf that was running away you hear a crunch and some thrashing as they tug back and forth before the owl bear tosses the croc against the trunk of a tree and you see it go limp it then turns to face you from roughly 60 feet away, rising up on its hind legs, burying its paws and beak, and screeches. Bro. Oh god. Thomas, it is your turn. I'm gonna cast slow. You alter time around up to six creatures of your choice in a 40-foot cube within range. Each target must succeed on a wisdom saving throw or be affected by this spell for the duration. An affected target speed is halved. It takes a negative two penalty to AC and dexterity saving throws, and it can't use reactions. It rolls a 16. What's your spell save, DC? 12. Okay, so you cast this cube of slow in front of the owlbear. It begins charging at you, and as it enters the cube, you see it kind of like... It, like, feels something on its face and, like, scratches at it with its paw, uh, but seems ultimately undeterred as it continues to run. We gotta get out of here. I'm going to try to snap my fingers and cast sleep on it. Okay. It's level two sleep. Plus eight, which is 53. Plus four, so 57. Oh, no. Oh, it was 58. 
You cast sleep on this owl bear, and you see its eyelids like grow heavy. Goes, and it seems to just barely shrug off the spell Damn. as it continues barreling toward you. You were so fucking close, my dude. Bro. <laughs> it is up. It is going to spend this turn dashing to close the distance on you. It is now right in the middle of all of you. Monique's turn. Monique is going to pull out those uh, pen daggers. It rears up, and Monique very swiftly with the two daggers, still bloody from the croc wolf, slashes across the owlbear's chest. Carving into him, you see some blood begin to pour down onto the feathery fur of its chest, but it continues to growl. Thomas, you're up. Well, my slow didn't work, so I'm going to do Ego Whip instead. So you lash the mind of one creature you could see within range, filling it with despair. The target must succeed on an intelligence saving throw or suffer disadvantage on attack rolls, ability checks, and saving throws, and it cannot cast spells. At the end of each of its turns, the target can make another intelligence saving throw. On a success, the spell ends on the target. Holy shit. Okay, it rolls a 12 for the saving throw. What's your spell save, DC? Uh, 12. Ah! My wisdom isn't very high. Alright, well, I am going to snap my fingers again. I'm going to look at Denton's eyes. I'm going to try to cast his level 2 suggestion on it. Okay. And I'm going to tell it to run far away as possible and don't come back. It gets a... Are you kidding me? It gets a 19 on its wisdom saving throw. Oh, but wait. I'm going to use my ability to bend luck. I'm going to... Use two of my sorcery points. I'm gonna roll a d4 and I'm gonna apply that number as a penalty to your save. That is wild. I love that. A four! Okay, so that brings it down to a 15. So that's a failure, right? Yes. Okay, so it brings it down to a 15. It fails. The owl bear hasn't even attacked you yet. It is just like rearing up and going. And it looks at you. Tyronicus, you tell it to run, and it books it. It tramples Monique and Thomas as it just runs far. It looks like it is full of feet. <laughs> Do you say anything after the bear runs away? Like, oh, I'm glad that's over. We gotta get out of here before anything else shows up. Nope. You try to talk, and pink bubbles come out of your mouth. <gasps> Ooh, Thomas tries to pop the bubbles. Uh, is that... Normal? I'm just gonna, like, open my mouth. More bubbles gonna come out. I'm just gonna, like, shrug and just, like, motion that we gotta go. You know what? Yeah, I, maybe I, it, it must be part of the effect of the Twisted Grove. We gotta get out of here. I don't want bubbles coming out of my mouth. And Monique starts trekking toward the grove. I will follow. Same. All right. Uh, Tyronicus, a minute later, you'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> And it takes you roughly a minute to get to the entrance of the grove. So you guys successfully having very oddly dispatched this bear and the croc wolves. Uh, Monique kind of turns back over her shoulder and says, Y'all are really good at that. Thanks. I tried. It's su- surprising for a couple of attorneys. I'm, I'm not an attorney. <laughs> oh, what are, what are you? Um, I think we should head inside. <laughs> What? I'm interested too, Tyronicus. What are you? I didn't already tell you I work for LEP. Yeah, but I'm not totally clear 
I mean, I know you possess magical or try to find magical gear and weapons and stuff, but I'm not entirely clear what your organization is all about past that. Uh, that's pretty much it. We try to find fluctuations and people who are misusing magic, magical items and artifacts, and we're sent to retrieve them. That's kind of lame. Hey, you're lame. Oh, what? Oh. I'm basically the fantasy James Bond. Oh, you don't read books. Never mind. <laughs> I, I read all kinds of books. Really? You don't look like you're very well learned. What do you care that one? <laughs> I'm a lawyer, Tyronicus. Yeah, but I mean, like, are you a good one? I, I am ex- exceptionally good. Are you joking? I've I never the- seen you in court. Monique, is he any good in court? I beat Monique, in fact. But you had Miss Felcher and Mr. Mogbile and Miss Oz. So, uh, you know, one-on-one, I could totally uh, take it. My assistants did a very good job backing me up, but that was all me, baby. Hmm. Sure thing. I'm a very learned person. And at this point, y'all reach the entrance of the grove. So what it is, is it's this big field of mangroves. And they're like, well, one, they're all gray and dead and they're twisted. But they're like growing like on top of each other. Like the trunks kind of twist around inside, like one on top of the other. So that you can't really get through them. However, you see a big clearing in the middle. Almost like a like the entrance to like a garden maze almost. And you see an entrance, and the path goes left and right. Oh, God. <laughs> Thomas shudders a little bit for some inexplicable reason. <laughs> Tyronicus, my gut says we are going left. This has been Your Honor. Your Honor features the vocal talents of Nicholas Palazzo as Thomas Phelps and T.J. Berry as Tyronicus. The rest of the world is voiced by your DM, Giancarlo Herrera. This episode was edited and sound designed by Giancarlo Herrera. If you'd like to support the show, consider checking out the links in the show notes or go to patreon.com slash Our patrons get access to exclusive perks like our after-the-show show, show, After the Drimbus, free exclusive merch, bonus series, and the chance to create items for the show or have NPCs named after you. Oh, and don't forget to tweet using hashtag Drimbus to be entered to win a free Dungeons & Drimbus sticker. Thank you so much for listening, and I do declare, I'll see you all next week. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish. Look to the sea. Wayland's assembled a team. They're inside already. This was a risky gamble. There will be consequences for the both of you. Mm, Don't threaten me with a good time. You said this would be a quick in and out job. Did, did, did I say that? <laughs> <laughs>
link here, Johnny. Peace of mind. Is that what you call it? You think that what you've given me is peace of mind? I knew you'd come out on the other side. That's just you, right? You never give up. Unless you're giving up on me. It's always raining in Neo-Atlantis. It can't rain all the time. That'll be enough, Mr. Indri. Enough conversation. You have a job to do. Finish it. Kill them. Return Alex Webb to us. The sentiment will surely get me killed in the process, but I mean... None of us get out of this life alive. Am I right? Cybernautica Breakwall, Cybernautica Undertow. A production of Red Fathom Entertainment. Presented by the Fable and Folly Network. Listen to both complete series now. Welcome to Neo-Atlantis. <laughs>